Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to Food for Thought, a podcast gab fest where in a multiracial mix of queer writers gather around the table to talk about sex, identity, culture, what we like to read, and who we like to read. Food for Thought. If you got a sweet tooth, we got some sugar for you. <laughs> I hate you! Oh my god! I feel totally infiltrated. Oh my god. What up? This is Tommy Pico. I'm an indigenous American poet, editor, and ass. I'm Fran. I'm a writer, editor, and the rumors are true. I'm a homo supremacist. Homo (laughs) supremacy is the future. Okay, come for me. Uh, I am Joseph Osmondson, scientist, nonfiction writer, and my sexuality is insufferably saying how much better the book is than the movie. Oh, God. (laughs) True, though. Where is the lie? And I am Dennis Norris II, and I'm a reader, writer, former figure skater, and aspiring Warby Parker model. Slide through, Warby Parker. A bitch needs some new glasses. No, seriously. (laughs) She needs new glasses so bad. Please, please, For real. Please. please. (laughs) Looking for that discount, yo. Uh, Joe, what we got on the menu this week? Yeah, so this week, y'all, we make Ira Madison III choose between blondes and brunettes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we consider all the gay supervillains that have ever been on screen, and we learn how Virgos always get the best, the most perfect, the most wedding dress-wearing revenge. Mm-hmm. So take it away. We're going to start the top of this show the way any good top should, with a little tease. Our uproarious appetizer segment, Amuse Boosh. And to amuse our Booshes today, Fran's going to tell us what we're up to. Absolutely. We're here with Ira Madison Third. He's one of our favorite culture writers and critics and, like, absolutely the best tweeter ever. Like, literally one of my favorite Twitters on the internet. How did you get so good at Twitter? Truly. That's, like, baffling to me. And he's also um, the host of Keep It. A new podcast that is amazing. Do you want to tell everyone about it real quick? A one-liner? Um, subscribe and rate. No. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, it's just a it's a pop culture podcast uh, about the intersection of pop culture and politics. And I have two lovely co-hosts, uh, Kara Brown, a former writer for Jezebel, and uh, Louis Fertel, a comedian oh, shit. and yeah. writer. Yeah, sounds like our audience would really hate that. We are just so, <laughs> so excited to have you here, especially to play one of our favorite games, which is called Swipe Left, Swipe Right. If you are not familiar with this game, dear audience, who the fuck are you? Because we play this game all the damn time. All the damn time. Um, it is uh, wherein we play, uh, we pretend we are on a, the, a certain dating app, and we are swiping left Never or right on cultural I love forms. that Ira tries so, to bring people into his audience, and we're like, fuck you! <laughs> Don't listen to our show. That's our love style, yeah. <laughs> But um, to clarify, swiping right is good. Like, uh uh-huh. Like, we like that. And as Joe Joe says, swiping left is... So we're going to start with some easy ones. And then we're going to, you know, get a little... Controversial. controversial. (laughs) Not that controversial, honestly. The stakes are really low here. Um, Okay. Jane Fonda. Swipe left or right? Swipe right, always. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh my god, I agree. Her exercise videos. Your your favorite work of hers? Um, telling off Megan Kelly. <laughs> that that'll do. Yes. That'll do. That's my favorite line in her IMDb. Is like telling off Megan Kelly. <laughs> Truly. Um, white gaze twerking. Swipe left. Okay. 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 What was it? What was the thought process? Because there was a thought process. There. I was thinking of that one gif of that white boy twerking while he was um. Like cooking, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and then that other one of that, um, like I feel like he was that straight, um, football or basketball, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do remember player, that sports player. Sports. He was a um, he, he played a sports ball, <laughs> but I can't, but I can't support it. I mean, 
the thing is, there the have been exceptions. I mean, agreed. Yeah. But there have been some where you're kind of like, oh, is what you're saying. Well, still swipe left. Occasionally. Yeah. The exception is rare. Okay. Uh, Justin Timberlake. Swipe left. Throw my phone out the window. I love that um, I saw something recently that was like, Justin Timberlake rebrands himself as a white man. <laughs> oh my so God. True. He always was. So... Um, yeah, if you if you listen to the first episode of Keep It, you would have known that already. He, you got, y'all rail into him, rage yeah. him over the and, calls, and for Deserved. good reason. Yeah, okay. yeah, every week probably. <laughs> yeah, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. <laughs> um, all right, the quote LGBT representation in the live action Beauty and the Beast. Swipe right for a different reason. Uh-huh. I don't like the like whatever kiss at the end, okay. um, but I felt very represent by Gaston's chest hair. Oh, <laughs> oh my god. Oh. Why? Yeah. Shedding Luke, light Luke, I, Luke, as, Luke Evans was serving. <laughs> I can't comment because I turned it off as soon as the queer character spoke the first line. And I was just like, I, I can't do this. <laughs> like, I, don't that, like, I don't have the energy. If I was rubbing up on you, that would be like exfoliating, right? <laughs> but I do love a man with chest hair. Truly, yes. Yeah, I'm going to return to that. Okay. Yeah. Um, Troy Sivan's music. I'm gonna swipe right. Oh, <laughs> I don't even know who that is. I support. Like, su- fuck is that? I, I support her. You know, I I love that the the teens have gay bops. But you know, and and I always like like I enjoy his new song. Mm-hmm. Um, That's really good. But it, it you know it doesn't sound like my pop music. Mm. That's nice that you like. You know, it's an empathy swipe. It's like yeah. a swipe yeah. right for like yeah. you're like this you know. means something to someone. Yeah. So and that's important. Yeah. You really know it's how not to play this chart. Thing. It's appreciation, yeah. but it's gonna yeah. chart. You know, on the the gay Twitter charts. You also don't play tender the way I do, which is just like get through this fucking thing. Like, you know, oh, no, like, I think you swipe really left on everything. Also, Fran, I hear yeah. so much less of terrible. Heroes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> rainbow flags. Mm. I'm kidding. Swipe right. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, they're gaudy and terrible. I hate them. I, I rainbow flags. I feel I hate like them. I just don't. It, they just don't do anything. For I, me. I don't really have an opinion. I decline to comment. They're not hurting anyone. So. They, they are hurting my eyeballs. I prefer I hate the them. ones with a brown stripe. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. You prefer? Wait, you said you prefer those ones? Just because it pisses off white people. Yeah. <laughs> Same. <laughs> Same. I will say, I, the day I came in, I came into LA back from San Francisco um, on the day of that massive rainstorm, and there was a giant double rainbow. Going going across the whole sky and I almost got in mm. 17 car accidents taking Instagram stories of it just like every other faggot in LA and it was beautiful. I mm. like that rainbow. If it was a gummy candy I would like it. <laughs> Teams. <laughs> Taylor Swift. Oh, swipe left. And all the way. What about Taylor Swift's music? Swipe right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have Do one. It. I have one. What about Taylor Swift's uh, dancer choreographer friend Todrick Hall? Swipe left. <laughs> I love yes. this game. I love this game. Just other people we know. Let's just keep doing other people we know. Wait, wait. So swipe right or swipe left. Tadra calls segment in the Virgin Atlantic. <laughs> Have you seen that? Have you seen that? Yeah. I flew in yesterday. I flew on Virgin. My first time flying on Virgin. And as I'm sitting there. Your first time. My first time flying on Virgin. Oh, Virgin. I'm taking screenshots of it. Sending to these boys being like, wow. YouTube. He got paid for that. Far. He got paid for that. Very well for that. Virgin money that I've ever been paid in my life but i was like damn if virgin wants to put me in that video and this is all you doing virgin got that pink dollar they got it they really do they got that pink dollar and they can have my dance moves if they want them i love me too it's great always the gayest airline i always i always fly virgin um it's like luxury in the sky virgin air On the street scene right now, no, and like the, the 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 purple lights just make you feel like you're at the bar. You it's know? great, true. It's yeah, great. but Todrick, sorry, Todrick does frustrate me. So just like all of a sudden seeing him when I wasn't expecting to, like I felt it's a little triggered. Yeah, I was like, uh, but he wasn't blonde in it. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, our, our last one, uh, Jeffrey Masters. Oh my god, swipe left <laughs> on that. I hope you hear that, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> we love you, Jeffrey. Uh, just on last night. Okay. Um, 
that concludes thank you. our Amuse Thank Boosh. you so thank much. Thank you so much for thank joining you. us for this lovely game. You're like kind of funny, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, we really do continually make the mistake of inviting people that are smarter than us. Smarter, smarter and funnier. funnier. We need yeah. to stop. Like, what is the deal? Yeah. Um, I don't have a Alex, we need to book more dummies. <laughs> Come on. Get on that. giving us a thumbs up. Producer Alex. Okay, great. Let's move on. Yeah. All right, so, Ira, we actually have never done this segment before. We've never interviewed a thought, a guest thought, and we are so glad to have you in the studio. We don't have a name for this segment. I said, like, loosely titled The Thought Seat. But oh, I like that actually. Is it? Yeah. Is it? It yeah. works. It, it, it totally works. Um, yeah, but we're we're in we we interview amazing, <laughs> incredible queers, um, in our studio. And like the first question that I have for you, which is like the burning question in my brain, which is, who would play Storm in X Men's Storm movie? This is such a hard question. I know. <laughs> um, <laughs> Starting right with the stumper, because like so many of the people I want to play her are already in Zoe Kravitz. Of, of course. Um, she was already in an X-Men movie. No. Zoe Kravitz. I thought Zoe Kravitz was in an X-Men movie. No, I mean, I don't want her to play. Oh, you do? <laughs> um, I thought it was obvious. I'm so embarrassed. Wow, I have to leave. Uh, she's too <laughs> light-skinned. Uh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. oh you know, okay. Okay. Um, okay, okay. you need like someone like Black Panther Dark. She's African. Yeah. It's hard because like I would want Lapita or someone to play her, but mm-hmm. she's already in. But, you know... Could do whatever. <laughs> it's it's comics. You know what? I would love if um Zoe Saldana could bring back her Nina Simone no. makeup. No. Uh, oh truly God. truly play a great storm. No no. <laughs> Tommy's no, no. screaming in the other room, just like he's like uh, if Tommy was dead, he'd be coming out of the grave. <laughs> um okay, so uh Something that is amazing to me about uh, comic books um, is that they're they were so ahead of the curve, like in terms mm. of like LGBT representation. Um, like we saw the first queer character in mainstream comics through North Star, I mm-hmm. think, in like the nineties, and wow. he was he, when he was uh, originated as a character in like I think it was like seventy nine. I think the creator was like, I want them to be gay, and I think that like creatively they knocked it down and he was able to come out in the 90s but um we don't ever see like that kind of gay representation or queer representation in the movies when the character actually gets to have a movie right so like you know catwoman and batwoman are queer they're queer in the comic books Mm -hmm. and other mainstream characters are also queer why do you think movies aren't catching up yeah it's weird because like movies are still very behind the curve Mm -hmm. despite like hollywood's sort of progressive like well hollywood used to like have this sort of progressive like veneer which um slid away quickly last year Uh, (laughs) what changed (laughs) what changed it um meryl streep (laughs) she she changed it uh but no um you know it's 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 interesting because you see so much you know queer representation in you know sort of books um and comics you even see more in tv mm-hmm. than you really see in movies and that's still just because big budget movies are always just sort of like geared towards like straight white men right you know and, why there have been so many captain america films yeah i mean we we're only now getting black panther this year right? you know and um captain marvel like the first their first female-led film from marvel at least um, in 2019, mm-hmm. you know, so it's, I don't know. It's, um, studios and marketing and it's just people not sort of paying attention to really trying to push, um, is, is the argument that movies are so expensive to make that you have to have them be like so are, successful, right? You have to really, you have to have them appeal to every, to every producers yeah. make like Catwoman once and they're like, well, when we're never going to do that yeah. again, you and know, we like, and we like learned how angry we've, well, we've always known, but we learned again how angry white people get when they see any diversity at yes. all. It's like it's white insane. people were mad at a black person in Star Wars. It's like, you know, the joke is like you have fucking aliens and all these weird things, but it's like a black person not allowed. And they feel like any representation is a takeover, right? Yeah, but, you know, then you have smaller independent right. films and things and people really doing sort of that work. Yeah. D. Reese's lovely movies. Yeah. You know, it's it's going to be 
you know, future generations of artists. Um, yeah. And sort of breaking down that studio system that, mm-hmm. as we've seen this year, is still sort of geared mm-hmm. towards, you know, men are in control. Absolutely. You know? um, and straight men, largely. Mm-hmm. Um, and what they create, you know, is stuff that appeals to them. Hmm. As a culture writer, a, a lot of people who are fam- already familiar w- with your work, um, an entry point for a lot of those people would be um, a piece you wrote about Moonlight and like what mm-hmm. that movie means to you, a movie that started out small, or rather had a really small budget and mm-hmm. then blew up. Mm-hmm. Um, could you, if people haven't read the article or um, if they are not familiar with your work, what, what did that movie mean to you? Because I know it means something to all of the thoughts. It was just beautiful to, you know, to s- finally see like a sort of plot, gay representation in a film, not and like a big film, you mm-hmm. know, it was a Oscar nominated film, mm-hmm. uh, an Oscar winning film, right? Um, <laughs> By the power of sorry. witches, uh, <laughs> gay witches <laughs> everywhere. Um, you know, so it was on everyone's lips. Yeah. You know, it was everybody was talking about Moonlight. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like you know some independent film where it's like, oh, the gays have seen it. You know, right. like. God's Own Country or like BPM this year or something. You know, it's um it was big. It was huge. I am so excited to see BPM, but I haven't seen it yet. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. I was re I was reading actually your review of it. Um your uh something uh, a place when wherein you wrote about it. But um on that, what what is like a queer film past or present that you feel like people are really sleeping on? Um Paddington. No. Queer icon Paddington, oh my God. gay icon. Uh, oh it's better than the Babadook. Um, <laughs> wow, Padding, Paddington knows how to dress. <laughs> it's got a chic, got a chic blue coat. It's true. Um, it's so sexy. <laughs> the, the coat is the very good at protecting. Is, the fur is always laid. laid. Oh, the fur uh, is laid. No, oh, no, no. My God. What is a film? Oh my god, I sound like trash right now. I'm uh, like, this queer writer doesn't even know any... It's not like it's your job or gay anything. I, <laughs> right? Um, uh, I'm just I'm just better at yelling at people on Twitter. Not, um, you are very good at that. In your defense, you are very good at that. You're gonna leave the studio and be like, ugh, like I got it. Or something. Um, speaking of yelling at people on Twitter or writing about people, do you think about the people you write about as you write? Like, you savage people online sometimes, and like, how do they react to that when you actually, you're in community with these homosexuals and you, you write about them online and like do people react do people like come up um, to you and like throw a drink in your face ever <laughs> one uh, an ex has um oh but um oh not because i read about him um writing about but, exes is my job yeah <laughs> um actually like an, i'm i have like a i'm not even working on yeah. A book at the moment, like a memoir book. Um, I mentioned it offhand to someone once, and then a ex sent me a very lengthy email Ooh. about how they did not want to be in that book. Oh my god! And oh my I was god, like, god, no god. one was thinking about Put you. Put the email in the book. <laughs> Put the email in the book. <laughs> Nobody was thinking about you. It's interesting, you know. Sometimes, yeah. obviously, there's people who don't like you um, yeah. because you are very open and honest about them. But right. I feel that a lot of the relationships that I've built um, as a writer here. Um, and, you know, from people who are filmmakers and writers and right. actors and, like, publicists and things, you know, um, a lot of people respond to the fact that I'm very honest, uh, you know, and they, you know, like that I am a writer who, you know, I don't really say nice things to just appease people, yeah. you know, it's always going to give my opinion and more people agree with it than you think. Yeah. Um, well, I think a that- lot of people... A lot of people slide into my DMs oh. to tell me they agree oh. with things that I'm saying about that. Who, who who can't you know acknowledge oh, yeah, that yeah, they yeah. agree? Publicly, oh my god! I'm but, like on the seat uh, of my pants. I, I, I just know. have to know. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think the thing is, you you typically write like you're smart and you write well and you don't write meanly just to be mean. Like you're not Thank like you. like what's like what's the what's the Perez Hilton who's like sometimes just mean to be mean. So I find like for I me, heard he's nice now. Is he? I don't, I don't like know. That I don't follow her. I don't know her. Um, like I'm never mad when people write something critical of me when they're thoughtful. Like that's actually, you know, that's fine. That's great. Yeah. I can't wait to read your book. Oh, you can be as mean as you want. Um, so follow up to that. Have you made out with Todd recall then? 
at the bars? Oh my Who? god. Who? <laughs> <laughs> Correct answer. Um, <laughs> no. I mean, first of all, I'm black. I don't know if he. Oh! I'm not. I don't want to shade her. Point I don't, don't want to shade her. <laughs> no, you did, She's, she seems white only. <gasps> um, Wig. <laughs> oh my and god. Inside info, she is. Yeah. So. Um, I mean, you can't be on a Taylor Swift video and be whites only. Just so. I'm so happy right now. <laughs> My nipples just got hard. Uh, okay. Um, I, yeah, I, I find, we, we as writers do write a, sh- a lot of shit about our exes or yeah. people that we will later have to reckon with. Do you, as a culture writer, do you have like, I mean, you're probably way past this already, but do you have like a dialogue with yourself or did you initially, when you first started doing this, did you, was there a moment that crystallized for you where you're like, I have to figure out how to sit in the room, possibly sit in a room with the people that I write about or something like that? Mm. No. <laughs> I love that. I've just always sort of been that kind of person though, you know? Like, yeah. And I feel like then I was able to just translate it into writing you yeah, know I i've always to be been you. i've always been that sort of person who's like oh my god i have to sit in the room with someone that you know yeah whether it's twitter yeah spilling tea at brunch you know right. i'm just that kind of person <laughs> um but i also you know as you said um i don't attack people just to attack yeah, yeah, yeah. things right yeah um if i'm attacking something um it's a well thought out critique and you know it's Sometimes you just have to agree to disagree with And people. it's also important, actually, I think, that you're capable of sitting in the room with people. I don't yeah. like it when people sort of, you know, will write whatever, negative or positive, as though that person doesn't exist and then gets awkward when they actually see them. No, people are people. Truly. And it's like, it's gonna you can build a relationship through and around critique. Like, I think that's one of the things is that the internet has made us all feel like critique is the end of everything. Like, The if internet you know, lose, has lost a lot of nuance, it, um, yeah. obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, take this... Um, award season. Um, I We're really in LA like talking about award seasons. I, really I love like it. The film Three Billboards. <laughs> right. Um, I find its depiction of black people sort of appalling. Um, and there's like some sort of like and there's like some like casual homophobia in it too. Mm-hmm. But I love the play the writer Martin McDonough. Yeah. You know because I love his previous plays. You know mm-hmm. so when I write you know it's about I don't like this work and mm-hmm. I think you and know, you're a playwright by trade. Yeah, you know, a few years ago. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, but it's, you know, like I, I like his work, but I really think that this work missed the mark. Yeah. And, you know, you would hope that you can critique someone's work, yeah. but also be like, I appreciate you as a writer. But sometimes that nuance is lost. You know, yeah. I feel like everyone assumes that, like, I want it to, like, burn the set of La La Land to the ground oh, from my last God. year. But if people look back on, like, my initial critique of it yeah. like where i review like the ryan gosling character and said it had like sort of like a white savior narrative mm. i mentioned many times in that critique that i liked the movie which got lost in translation the minute you critique something online for those of you not familiar ira a, a lot of work that ira was doing last year <laughs> blew up around the um moonlight slash la la land uh debacle mm-hmm. uh, yeah yeah the the, the f- fight yeah and people dragged you into that um so what is your favorite like non-gay or queer queer film? Meaning there is no gay or queer character or relationship or any actual concrete but character so in there, but it's like the gayest movie I've ever seen. Um, Down with Love. <gasps> oh. I've never seen it. Really? Yeah, what is it? What, it's Renee Zellweger and I'm turned um, on already. It is um Ethan um Hawk. Ewan McGregor. Sorry. Oh. How dare I say Ethan Hawke? Gorgeous Ewan McGregor. It's a sort of like a romp that um, is set in the 60s and it's a take on, you know, like the Pillow Talk movies, mm-hmm. um, like the Rock Hudson, Doris Day films. Mm-hmm. And she's a writer who's writing this book, you know, called Down with Love. And he's like this cad who's with her and it's about them falling in love mm. and it's just like very funny david hyde pierce is also in it he's great uh, also just very non-gay just, gay. you know non-gay gay oh my god yes yeah i remember we had a movie club in high school and i made people watch it and they were like the fuck are you they're watch? like you're gay right um, you're but, definitely gay but everyone loved it at the end of it they yes. found it really funny uh, yeah. yeah that's amazing and finally where can all of our listeners find you I'm at Ira 
She's cool like that. All right. Well, thank you, oh, Ira. Thank you. thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. We really appreciate it. We love you. Mm, it's time that we move on to the meat of our discussion, the thought process spelled T-H-O-T. T-H-O-T. Fran, tell us what we got today. The Oscars are today, so we're talking about queer movies. And it has been a gay-as-hell year for film. Like, Woo! my favorite from this year, which was Una Mujer Fantastica, mm. or um, everyone else's favorite, which was Call Me By Your Name. Um, we had her. a whole lot of other movies, like Battle of the Sexes, Beats Per Minute, all these other films came out um, mm. this year that were that kind of showed us some sort of queer representation. I mean, like, we even had a movie about a mute woman that wanted to fuck a fish mm-hmm. in the shape of water. <laughs> and that was, like, the queerest movie I've ever seen. Um, but fuck putting the Oscars movie. aside, because the Oscars will always disappoint us, and because Jimmy Kimmel will probably just make some bad j- gay jokes about Kevin Spacey or whatever, we oh. are going to talk about queer movies and how they've shaped our lives and how they've given us queer iconography like the Cowardly Lion in Wizard of Oz or Maleficent in Sleeping Beauty or Meryl Streep in literally any movie. Any movie Literally any movie. (laughs) Um, How does our taste, good or bad, find queerness in film? As Susan Sontag says in her essay, Notes on Camp, the discovery of good taste in bad can be very liberating, mm. which is why Tommy is so free. <laughs> <laughs> and so, oh. I want to ask all y'all. Oh, you're going to pay for that. <laughs> uh, let's start off with an easy one. What are your favorite gay movies? What are your favorite movies wherein a gay person or a queer person was represented or the incident itself was gay or queer? This message comes from iHeartRadio sponsor, Mercury Insurance. If you're looking to save some money, you should really think about getting a quote from Mercury, because Californians save an average of $677 with Mercury. It's quick and easy, and in just a few minutes, you might find you could save a lot of money on your auto and home insurance. Plus, Mercury was named one of America's best insurance companies by Insure.com four years in a row. Low rates, big discounts, great insurance. Go to MercuryInsurance.com today to get a quote. It's crazy how much we have to pay for outdated, impersonal health care, and even crazier that we all just accept it. It's time to face facts. Healthcare is backwards. Luckily, there's Forward, a new approach to primary care that's surprisingly personal and refreshingly straightforward. Forward never makes you feel like just another patient. Backed by top-rated doctors and the latest tech, Forward gives you access to personalized care whenever you need it. Using in-depth genetic analysis and real-time blood work, Forward's top-rated doctors provide you with in-depth insights to better understand your genetics, mental, and physical health. They then create custom, easy-to-understand plans to help guide you to achieving long-term health. With Forward, you get unlimited in-person visits with your doctor and access to care anytime via the Forward app, all for one flat monthly fee. It's time to stop accepting backwards health care and start moving your health forward. Visit GoForward.com today to learn more. That's GoForward.com. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. Tonight's Mega Millions jackpot is over $350 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player client. Hi, it's Laverne Cox, and on my new podcast, The Laverne Cox Show, we're ripping the Band-Aid off Trauma Resilience. Dating, diet culture, dating, white supremacy, dating. Okay, I'm not gonna get explicit, but just because you're cute, like I'm not going, I'm not going to. <laughs> I know what you were gonna say, yes, girl. I've been there. And honey, we have a lot of fun along the way. <laughs> you have a lot of lesbian fans who love your femininity and glamour, and they just really, really want you. And, Aww. And- I want us to talk openly about the difficult things we all face as humans. And as humans in America. Racist white people in the United States will sign their own death certificates. They will vote for policies that crush them, no safety nets, no health care, because they feel too much like entitlements. And those are folks of color, right? Listen to The Laverne Cox Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Make sure you subscribe and share. I loved a lot of the... 90s gay movies. I, I think mm-hmm. that I consumed them very passively in the sense that, you know, my brother is a good 10 years older than I am and he came out when I was very young and I, and in the 
early, mid into late 90s, I would watch a lot of these movies like Trick or Jeffrey or Billy's On Screen Hollywood Kiss as a way of like getting to understand my brother. But like my absolute favorite from that time period was Tu Wong Fu, Thanks for Everything, Julie Newmar. Tu Wong Fu! Um, what is the what is the dramatic incident of that movie? So, Tu Wong Fu, okay, there are a few things that are amazing about this movie. First of all, it starts off, the inciting incident is that there's a drag queen competition happening in New York, mm-hmm. and uh, Wesley Snipes, Patrick Swayze, and John Leguizamo play the characters. Well, Patrick Swayze and, um, and, and Wesley Snipes uh, win this competition in a tie, being presided <laughs> over by RuPaul, whose character in the movie's name is Racial Tension. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god, I forgot about that. And she's wearing a confederate bodycon dress um, so amazing sequins and everything perfection and then um, John Leguizamo is crying because he lost in, in this drag competition in the stairwell and um, and Patrick Swayze says why is that uh, poor Latin boy in drag crying Crying. And, and Wesley Snipes is like yo poor little Latin boy in drag why are you crying he's like <gasps> because you two are so beautiful and he's like oh that's all and then they decide to take John Leguizamo across the country with them through uh, to, ho- to the finals of this drag competition in Hollywood and then they get they, they get uh, their car breaks down in this midwestern town and they win the town over or whatever it's a kind of based loosely on uh this other movie priscilla queen of the desert which oh, was an australian which was a great film. movie also yeah. Yeah. yeah i mean arguably like better yeah but yes but tu wong fu is so it's like such a saturated movie yeah, it, yeah, yeah. yeah and it has john Leguizamo yeah. <laughs> and oh stockard channing Ooh. I don't know who that is, but ooh. Oh, <laughs> she, young for the West Wing, oh, baby. But also, oh. uh, Stocker Channing played Rizzo in Greece, which is also Whoa. kind of a queer role. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Totally. She's kind of, she's an icon yeah. for us, for our people. What about you, Joe Dennis? Um, so, for me, I have one that was from my childhood, much like the movie that Tommy is talking about. Again, I grew up in the country. We didn't have cable, so like the whole Will and Grace thing didn't happen for me. I didn't get queer books. But my weirdo parents loved The Birdcage. Ooh. They loved it. Um, and I I think it was like they loved the Miami flair. They loved the music. I Like they didn't even, it wasn't even weird. My parents would say like some casually homophobic things. They weren't comfortable with queers. Mm. And I think it was that they thought both um, Nathan Lane and Robin Williams were both straight, although I don't know how you think it. Nathan Lane was in the closet then, right? He was oh, not so out. They, they didn't really like kiss or anything. There was like there's affection, no, but there's a lot of intimacy, but no physical intimacy in the movie. So it's very comfortable for straight people. It's this big campy. I'm so glad you quoted the Susan Sontag notes on camp. One of my favorite and most perplexing essays of all time. I read it a million times and I still don't understand it. And that, <laughs> the movie is is so camp, but it flits that line of like, is it being earnest? Is it not? Like it, and it's based on the French Le Cage Fold, which is a French movie that's been made a gajillion times. So that is definitely a movie that I remember as my childhood being like, oh my God, look at these men doing all these things. They're amazing. Isn't camp because because Sontag talks about camp as being something earnest. that earnest, but like she's like something that that saves a thing from being camp sometimes is that it is successful. That right. like camp right, 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 is right, defined right. by its like failure in one arena, but its success in another. Uh-huh. And I just thought of like it is earnest and it yeah. is saturated and it is mm-hmm. hyper stylized. Yeah. But it did it like it didn't it it was still affecting on the level of the movie having of the heart. the movie itself, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Well, Susan Sontag, so first of all, we are quoting notes on Camp, which is an amazing essay. It's actually, it's extremely dense, but also very readable because it's bullet-pointed and you could like read it in, in, in a hot second. But So go out and read it, but um, Susan Sontag also talks about how Camp comes in two different forms. That's in right. its purest form, it is deeply unaware of itself. So it's, it's Joan right. Crawford um, going down the stairs in Mommy Dearest. It's Judy Garland screaming and crying as Dorothy in Wizard of Oz because someone took her dog, you know? It's this kind of completely unadulterated emotion that's very unnatural. It's like gaudy decor. But they're trying to be earnest. But in its lesser pure form, the subject is very aware of the fact that they're conveying camp. For example, a drag queen, I think, is a really good example of someone who's aware of the camp they're portraying. When RuPaul descended from the ceiling in a Confederate flag yes. bodysuit, yeah. very aware of the camp as yeah. Rachel fucking Which a lot, <clears throat> I will Jesus say Christ. that a lot of the 90s gay movies were very aware of yeah. the camp they were disseminating. Yeah, so in yeah. that way, they were like a little bit less... They were gayer, but a little bit less camp than some of the like straight, quote-unquote, camp movies that were like just so earnestly 
melodramatic. Yeah. But I also have one that I came to as an adult that kind of had a little bit more of a, a discerning eye when it came to film, and that's Xavier Dolan's movies. He's mm, a um, he's so a Quebecois filmmaker, and in particular, he has J'ai Tué Ma Mère, which is like I Killed My Mother. <laughs> so good. And oh um, my God. but my favorite of all time, one of my favorite movies of all time, is Heartbeats, which is it's a so really beautiful. poor translation of uh, Les Amours Imaginaires which is about a love triangle um, between this like amorphously sexual uh, kind of like straight-ish beautiful man and then like a gay and a, a woman best friends. Uh, and the movie is just like so funny and it, like queerness is such a component of it, but not, it's like it is, it's a queer movie in that the queerness is just everywhere in the movie. Mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. there's not like a heartbroken coming out. So it's just like queerness is the movie. And there's a really good sex scene, which most gay movies can't say <laughs> they have. Sorry. So true. <laughs> what about you, Dennis? We're still trying to come up in that part when it comes to showing gay intimacy physically. Like we're Truly. still trying to um, um, accomplish that sometimes, I think. Um, so for me, I sort of had a similar upbringing to Joe in that way. Like I really, like a lot of those movies that you're talking about, Tu Wang Fu, Wakaja Fa, well, The Birdcage, because I didn't watch the French version. I didn't um, even learn of these movies' existence until I was in college. Um, I just, I don't have a family that's super big on film. Like, we're all about books, but I, I, I just wasn't exposed to them. And so for me, one of my earliest gay movies was actually a movie that came out in either 2003 or 2004. And it's called Camp, interestingly oh, enough. Oh, yeah, And it's yeah. that, like, kind of, like, so terrible, good. like, indie movie that's based on um, a real-life musical theater camp called Stage Door Manor. Mm -hmm. And basically all these kids who are like the weirdos and the freaks in their high school um, and some in middle school come to this camp for however long over the summer and they participate in shows. And um, the opening scene is actually um, a gay kid who is Latino and he um, is reliving the fact that he tried to go to his high school prom in drag. He's arguably trans like or gender queer like we don't really know but he's like reliving that and he's just come off of that and he's here he's got a straight best friend who's like a hippie girl who um, is like all trying to be Joan Baez which is cute and then um, there's a straight guy who's a jock named Vlad who's like very all American blonde very handsome absolutely I had to <laughs> Biggest crush on him. His name is Vlad, and he's from Ohio. Wow, it's so weird. Vlad. It's so weird. Come through, and Vlad. When when he get when he gets to the camp, it's interesting because all of the faculty are like, "Oh my god!" An honest to god straight guy. Like finally, someone who can pull off playing straight for these roles. And um, the movie is kind of terrible. But first of all, they're all amazing singers. This is this was also the debut, by the way, of Anna, the film debut of Anna Kendrick, who did this amazing oh. performance of that incredible song from Company, "Ladies Who Lunch." Um, oh, yeah. Which is like one of my favorite songs in musical theater. But anyway, the point is, I felt like I really saw myself. Elaine Stritch, right? She um, was the originator? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I felt like I saw myself reflected because there was this boy who was of color and he was relatively effeminate and he had tried to like go to his prom and drag. And he was lusting after the beautiful, perfect straight boy who, of course, was flirting with him just for attention's sake. Wow. And. I was like, well, this is this is my entire life, like in high school and then in college. I think I saw this in again two thousand three, two thousand four. So that was a really important movie for me. That was uh, like incredibly queer, and I felt very campy and self aware of its camp as well, actually. Um, and of course, it's named Camp, which I felt like maybe they didn't intend that <clears throat> double entendre, but I mm. I sort of thought they did. Mm. Um, so that movie meant the world to me because I just was like, okay, I'm not the only one. Wow. Yeah. I want to kind of b- bounce off of this when you talked about seeing yourself reflected in a movie. Mm-hmm. There's this one, it was called uh, Get Real. And it was a British gay movie. And there was this like effete boy who had a crush on the soccer star in his <gasps> high school. Oh, I saw this in college. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember And then it. he ends up like actually hooking up with this boy and they like have like a torrid relationship for a little while. But like mm-hmm. the guy can't actually go through. He can have homosexual sex, but he can't go through with having homosexual relationship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know what that's like at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I remember seeing it in high school and I had, this was like, I was like 14 years old and or middle school, maybe high school. I don't know. I was really smart. I went to high school early. Uh, <laughs> I was like 14 years old and I had a crush on the soccer star at our school, Chad W. And in retrospect, Chad he wasn't, w. he was not that attractive, but he could, he was smooth. You know what yeah. I mean? Mm-hmm. Like 
mm-hmm. he was fly and I liked that him a lot. Sometimes thing. it's just that swag. And I just like, that was like the first that soccer swag. And one of the only times that I kind of lusted after like a straight dude and this movie, sorry, get real, I love you, but like you were an enabler because you made mm-hmm. me think it could happen. Wow. <laughs> wow. That is so motherfucking true. Uh, Even with camp, you see it and you're like, but Vlad, if you just leaned in one more inch, you would kiss Michael and then you would realize that this is the love that you need. And I wow. definitely carried that through my you're, college education. You guys are poking at something for me that that was in any any gay movie that I watched that had an incident of queerness. I had mm-hmm. a sort of agony watching it. Right. Yes. Not being, if I was not out of the closet, sometimes even now as at in the closet, when, when not in a health, not in a happy relationship, I'm single, I'm alone, whatever. Like I'll watch these And you movies. like it that way. I love it that <laughs> Let's way. Let's be clear. But like sometimes I'll watch these romance movies and there's this twinge of agony. Mm-hmm. Before I came yeah. out of the closet, it's like, oh fuck, that's me. Like for me, that my mine was not campy, but my film was Billy Elliot. Mm-hmm. And like mm-hmm. that movie just meant so much to me. It was the first rated our movie I ever watched. It was the first movie I ever Ooh. watched with any sort of incidents of queerness. But he doesn't, does he come out as queer in that no, movie? No, the, no, the no. main character right? The main character's actually probably straight, I would yeah. say, because there's an yeah. incident wherein his best friend puts the moves on him and he's like, I'm not like that. But the, his best friend is gay, even though they're like, what, they're like 10 or 8 or something yeah. like yeah. that. They're really young. Mm. But I said it, that too when the, I was 10. <laughs> <laughs> the story is about a, a guy who loves ballet for all, all in, like for whatever reason, he's born into this coal mining family and he loves ballet like everyone's fighting and ever and it, it, he could not have been put in a worse family in a worse cultural climate in a worse culture of uh scottish manliness that to like love ballet um but i love the movie because it wasn't necessarily campy it was just kind of very mm-hmm. beautifully itself um i yeah, nor, nor was it tragic though i think that yeah, that's, no, yeah. that's mm. one of the things that i i find troubling not troubling but hard with gay movies is they fall into like one of two categories Mm -hmm. it's either like camp like the birdcage and it's a romp it's a comedy or it's like heartbreak it's like it's like coming out and then you die or it's like the philadelphia it's like and and i like the the aids era is something that we have to remember and has to be visible on film but um you know coming up in that era it was like the options were you were in a sterilized world free of aids or everyone was dying of aids and there was sort of nothing in between and so it's nice like these films that give you a sense of like queerness or difference Mm. that is just an aspect of someone's life and doesn't fucking wreck them it doesn't wreck their life is like really refreshing that's kind of well that to me was the emotional um tension of the movie jeffrey when that came out it came out and it was about the aids era but Mm -hmm. it was absolutely a comedy and the movie was not a very good movie i think i remember roger ebert's review was just like it's not a very good movie though it makes great commentary on this thing and that puts a lot of pressure on it and And in Jeffrey, the movie, like the main <clears throat> character, just he's like so scared of contracting HIV that he becomes celibate. Yeah. And as soon as he becomes celibate, he meets the man of his dreams who happens to be HIV positive. Which is insane. Mm-hmm. But an I, insane premise. But for Jeffrey, yeah. I gotta say, the redeeming quality of Jeffrey is the fact that Patrick Stewart plays gay and he's a member of the Pink Panthers, which is a yes. group of gays who wear short pink shorts and, and um try to end gay bashing in, in the city. <laughs> Literally same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Same. No, because that I think that's what the there's this group called the Pink Posse and Queers Folk that um does the exact same thing and they're like based off of that. Um but just to go back to Billy Elliot for a second, because it is an amazing movie. And it's so funny because I remember when that movie came out, everyone in my life was like, you need to see this movie, you need to see this movie, especially with figure skating, all these things that you deal with. And I understand that link, but for me actually. Um, I think what I needed at the time, probably, um, which made me kind of salty, was that, like, I understood what Billy Elliot, Billy Elliot was doing, and I, like, in theory, I'm all about it, or I should be all about it, but I always felt kind of guilty about the fact that, in actuality, my attitude was, whatever, he's still a fucking straight man. Like, he's a straight white mm. guy, and, or at least, I, it, that's, that's what it, maybe he ends up being gay, like, I guess we don't know, but that, it just always that was always a disconnect for me because I was like, no matter the presentation, no matter the context, even though all of these things do matter, absolutely, I was just like, but but he's not actually But you didn't feel that queerness, I mean, so in Moonlight, for example, which you love, Mm -hmm. queerness is sort of implied as well, although there's a sex scene between the two boys. Mm -hmm. Um, No one, like, identifies as anything in Moonlight. I know. And I, the whole movie of Moonlight one hundred percent revolves around gay love. Yeah, I totally yeah. agree. Where, where Billy Elliot revolves around 
the fact escape. that he loves ballet. Right. Yeah, right. and like that his yeah. And but it, you yeah. bring up a really good. I think you bring up a really good point in in that like some, I usually do. I, I know. I I was my next question for y'all is like, what is your favorite? non-gay movie meaning there's no gay queer character or gay queer incident within the film yet it's so gay like gay as hell like Billy Elliot would have fallen into that category but there's a very quick kiss moment that I would clarify as gay Mm -hmm. where there are movies that are just like gay as hell without needing like Thelma and Louise yes yes that is on my top five yeah Yeah, just go just go shoot at men and you know live without the men or uh, uh, fried green tomatoes yes that was on my list Moulin mm-hmm. Rouge. I love yes, Moulin yes, Rouge. Moulin that Rouge that sure. was so gay. Moonstruck. Gayest movie. Actually, um, also I've my never top five. seen Moonstruck. What? I know. Dennis, it's on I my know. top five. It's so important. No. Um, we'll make it happen. We'll make Timon it happen. and Pumbaa from The Lion King. Yes! <laughs> One. Oh my God. Well, there is so much queerness in Disney. Like, we can go there, although much of it is, like, evil, so that's we, its own thing. Well, but Timon and Pumbaa, that's a really good point. But there's also this, like, in general, like, the idea of, like, the scream queen or the leading lady or the diva. Like, there's a ton of, of yeah. queer emulation of those figures mm-hmm. even though their position mm. in the movie wasn't gay or queer iconography right. I, so we I asked a question on our, our Instagram and Twitter at Food for Thought Pod and Gay Slots Who Read on Instagram um, at, at, like what are your favorite gay queer movies and someone said uh, Miss Honey from Matilda was totally a lesbian <laughs> yeah. and I was like you know what we see gay iconography in everything yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. that That's to so me is the beauty true. and also the tragedy of not having exposure to any actual queer right, 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 well right, it's right. queer yeah. because we're queer and we're watching it yes. Yeah, yeah, that's the game. Yeah. Like you say about yeah. Ab Fab and IRL, I believe. Yeah, tapes. or yeah. like um, Death Becomes Her. But like, it's also, yeah, stuff I think, like that. and when you're younger, um, having these female icons, these movie star icons is a really safe way to be queer mm-hmm. for young folk because if it, 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 for all intents and purposes, you're just like, oh my God, I love this female body person. Like <laughs> She's, at, you know, you're just adoring this with this woman. It's Beyonce. God, I love Beyonce. And it could be because uh, you want to fuck her. Beyonce and Obsessed. Oh my God. <laughs> or it's like, it could Wait, be because- Wait, I've never seen that either. Wait, oh, is that, does, that count as, yes. does Obsessed count as camp? I think yes. obsessed Probably. is camp yes. in its Probably. purest form because yes. it's not aware. It's, so it's not earnest. trying to be. Yeah. No, no, no. And that, yeah, and that's the purest form. form. When Allie so... Waters walking up the stairs in her red bottoms and I was just like, Ooh! oh my God. <laughs> yes, bitch. Um, Dennis also brings up a good point about how all of our Disney villains are so gay. And I, I think uh-huh. that, you know, it's, it's such a funny phenomenon, but I grew up not even being aware of that, but still being so attracted to the powerful evil femme. Mm-hmm. There was something that I so saw myself in a Cruella de Vil, in a Maleficent, in a Jafar mm-hmm. or a Scar mm-hmm. that I didn't really recognize as a kid. And it isn't until later where I'm like, oh, they were all voiced by like gay as hell men. Or like, yeah. the, or like um, Ursula was created, uh, in, in, inspired by Divine, the drag queen. Right, yeah, her right, body right, right. shape yeah. was inspired by drag queens. Yeah. Um, it, it's, I don't, but why do you guys think that is? Well, I think, you know, that that the um, uh, idea of a uh, a sinister dandy isn't right. isn't right. isn't exclusive to Disney, yeah. no, right? It has its antecedents. All. If the thing is, like, I wanted to preface this whole thing by saying, like, this isn't an exhaustive review of queer cinema. None of us are really cinephiles. We just all really appreciate this gay ass. Yeah, shit. yes, um, very but, important. But it, but it, I think it's a similar side of the uh, opposite side of the coin, where it either um, like. Uh, a feminism or or dandiness or 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 or, or, or whatever is like the um, epitome of evil, and on the other hand, it's like the punchline. Mm-hmm. The punchline. That's yes. what I was gonna. Because I think yes. of like Sister Act two, which has this really effete mm-hmm. monk. Right, and it's just like yes. his mannerism is like a punchline. Yeah. The, he's like, "Oh Lord, when are you going to come to my aid?" And it's like, anytime he says anything, it's like that's the joke, yeah. right? Yeah, and that's like such sort of mm-hmm. like '90s humor where it's like an accent. So the fact that somebody has an accent is the punchline, yeah. and or the fact that like um, somebody's gay, like that's the punchline. It's just like a really bad joke and a really yeah. shitty sense of humor. But it has mm-hmm. it. I mean, I remember watching like um, those like John Ford westerns. There was one called Stagecoach. I think it's John Ford. Um, it's called Stagecoach, and there's this man from Kansas City. Kansas and he sits in the back of the stagecoach and like his like lisp is a punchline mm-hmm. that is then later invoked in um this this parody western um Blazing Saddles yes. when one of the guys is like yes we're not a bunch of Kansas City faggots but it was like literally in reference to the man from Kansas City Kansas in the back of stagecoach where it's like the, mm-hmm. a lisp is always a punchline yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? and I think the thing about Disney movies is that they create these uh these sort of 
antagonists, these evil characters, but they're not allowed to really be scary. They're not around. You never believe that they're going to win in the end. So they have to be yeah. simultaneously evil and a punchline, which is why they go gay, right? Mm, it's just yeah. like, it's an easy out. It's an easy way to make the um, the evil a sort of parody and sort of something that you can laugh at at the same time you're scared of. Yeah, it's there really are, yeah. as Joe was saying earlier, there really are only two types of, of gay people can imagine or two types of like queer narratives that people can imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That tends to be yeah. I And there's something too about the... Um, the over dramatic way in which Scar or Jafar right. or mm-hmm. these people uh, roll yeah, their R's or you know yeah. they like Simba, <laughs> yeah, Captain Hook, yeah. <laughs> um, yes, and that like that 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 is another I think a uh, kind of representation of camp, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. And I've been thinking a lot about camp in the sense that like um, everything camp is queer, but not everything queer is camp. Mm, right, I think that's something. Yeah. I think that's like something that like Sontag kind of argues in that essay. And I was thinking about what makes something what why is camp essentially queer? And I thought about this um, this this quote she has in that essay where she says, um, "Camp taste turns its back on the good bad axis of ordinary aesthetic judgment." Right, camp doesn't reverse things. It doesn't argue that good is bad or that bad is good. What it has, what it does, is offer for art and life a different supplementary set of standards. Yes. Which, if you're talking about getting outside of the binary of good and bad, yes. like mm-hmm. offering something outside of the binary, that is what queer is. Ooh. Yes. Absolutely. I, I mean, also deeply informs IRL in particular, and I'm guessing junk, but I haven't read it yet. I mean, that so deeply informs your work, Teebs, the turning, the turning of the, making it almost an irrelevant question, giving an alternative lens to the good and bad, and making all of that queer. And yes. And and. Oh, and just one more point that that like, you know, oftentimes we joke about this a lot, but like the the kind of of pushback our people gets from politicians and pundits is mm-hmm. that we're promoting this queer lifestyle and and we 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 have fun with that, but actually we're not proselytizing queerness. We're literally just trying to live. <laughs> yeah, and camp and like camp just trying to be free and camp yes. not making an argument about good or bad. Yes. it's mm-hmm. just exhibiting itself. It's just being yeah. present. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> which is earnest. also so queer. Visibility and earnest earnestness is queer. Yeah. I mean, I am like a deeply earnest person, and if there's a critique that people have been making of the book that I just put out, is that it's like, oh my god, you're so earnest. Why are you so earnest? And it's like, well, <laughs> no, no one's saying that. Not to your face, anyway. No, oh, we, yes, they we are. talk about yes, it on our secret group chat, but we never talk about it to your face. Yeah, yeah, the group chat without Joe. And on Tommy's point, like my favorite queer characters are the ones that are like that toe that line, that live yep. in the gray area, that are absolutely despicable, but you're rooting for them and mm. you don't know why. Like I love that kind of character that muddies those lines. Like who's your favorite? Oh, yeah, man. God, I'm Maleficent. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I. That's actually a really good question. I mean, I feel like. Moonlight was one of the first ones I'm, that comes to mind where I'm like, I actually feel like the flaws and the emotionality and the ways they're totally making mistakes. Mm. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. the characters in this movie so are much more interesting. Mis- yeah. Are yeah. miscommunicating or they might be kind of bad or they're doing something that's physically violent. Like yeah. I, I was really interested in that. And Moonlight to me was the first, one of the first movies to ever kind of do that for me. Yeah. I really don't think though that I've had a movie in American film. And I'm not, again, like Tommy said, not a cinephile, haven't watched a million movies, but I'm, I, I'm, I have not found a movie in American film where I was just like, this is a perfect gay movie. This is a perfect queer movie. This is absolutely something that I feel. Well, what would that look like to you? I don't know. One, it would just be not boring because like (laughs) there are a lot of gay movies out there. that are so sad and so boring and everyone is crying. And I would love to make a gay movie where no one cries. Well, one of the, this is, I wanted to talk about this thing with like gay prestige Mm. movies, right? Whereas, Okay, so Annie Dillard has this quote where when she's reading a novel and she can tell that the person just really wants to adapt it into a film, she's like, I smell a rat. You know, like, I don't Mm. think this is literature. I think this wants to be a movie. Mm. And sometimes I think that about, like, gay prestige. I'm like, this is just, this is a vehicle. The Danish woman. This is for, this is the Danish woman for Eddie Redmayne. This is, um, Boys Don't Cry with Hilary Swank. fuck it. Brokeback Mountain League. Brokeback Mountain. You know, where where straight actors play gay to be brave. And to get the Oscar. And to get an Oscar. Like, Eileen Wuornos, uh, what's her name? Uh, Charlize Theron in Monster, right? And and Uh, what was it in, um, the uh, Dallas Buyers Club? Yes, um, Matthew McConaughey. The worst. The worst Jared Leto. speech of Jared all yeah. time. I, oh, I didn't say that. And even um, Colin Farrell in A Single Man. 
to mm. me. Felt, yeah. felt very much like that. Or that fucking Stonewall movie. Oh, oh. my God. Wait, We're not did we actually watch it. that? I didn't watch no it. No one I watched, watched it. That. No, no one watched the musical. It. I mean, the entire <laughs> thing is a lie. Like, come on. No. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. I, there's just something that's so deeply unfunny about half of the gay movies that are being mainstreamed. Are you guys excited for anything coming up? Oh yes. So... I'm, Yes, sorry. Okay, so the novel um, We the Animals by Justin Torres um, mm. that is being adapted into a film. So by the production company that commissioned me to write screenplay. Yes. <laughs> um, and actually, they just released a trailer for it, but I haven't had the chance to see it just in the last like week or two. So I'm super excited about that because they've taken their time with it. And I love that book to pieces. And um, Justin Torres, if you listen, please come on the show. Um, Unamui Hera Fantastica, which is a Chilean movie that came out. Um, it came out last year for one week and it'll be coming out again this year. So Amazing. go and catch it in the theaters. It's about a trans woman whose lover dies. And oh, yes. she has to figure yes. out. Um, oh, I the fucking un- just saw the preview for that. It looks so fun fucking good so good tommy it was my favorite movie from the year so everyone go out and see it when it comes out um but also uh garrett conley's um boy erased Mm -hmm. is um coming out it it, uh it is a memoir um it's sorry it's a movie based on a memoir based on his life obviously because it's a memoir and nicole kidman plays his mom (laughs) no big deal Uh, one of our friends is having a movie where nicole kidman plays his mom and russell crowe plays his dad really excited (laughs) to watch that movie come to fruition and yeah. my, mine is an old thing, but I'm seeing it on Friday, and I can't wait. It's one of my favorite gay movies that I haven't mentioned yet. It's called A Portrait of Jason. If you haven't seen it, it is one of the weirdest. Go on. It is. It's so. It's this movie. It's made by this white woman, and it's the it, it's pre AIDS, just pre AIDS, and it's a portrait of this over the top black gay hustler and she is always off camera and he gets increasingly drunk on camera and she's asking him to do all these characters it is deeply fucked up and sort of the question of like whether he's doing this show for himself or she's kind of minstreling him it's a a fascinating and weird and fucked up and like classic movie and i'm seeing it in the theaters on friday and i haven't seen it since 2011 uh when it, when I was last available, and I'm just so excited to see it again. Mm. Can't wait. Mm. I'm really excited awesome. for it. So there's this um, movie that came out in 2014 by um, this queer Iranian woman named Desiree Akhavan called Appropriate Behavior. And it was it was just like you know a bisexual woman living in New York from New York and the down like fall of one of her relationships. So it was like kind of like a typical um, first movie, I guess, that somebody would make. Yeah. But she's this new movie coming out that premiered at Sundance called "The Miseducation of Cameron Post" that I've stars Chloe Mortensen. Chloe Grace Chloe Moritz. Grace Moritz. Yeah, that's yeah. the one. Um, <laughs> and she gets sent to one of those like conversion camps. Mm. Mm. But one of the actors, so she, and she falls in with this crowd, like these um, two other people, and uh, they're the only two people of color at this gay conversion camp. But like one of them is played by uh, a two spirit. Navajo actor, and I'm just like mm. super excited yes. to see this. I mean, I, I don't think he the character is two spirit. I don't know if the actor is, but it, he he played the um the the native son in the movie The Reverend, mm. I think, oh, which okay. was with Leonardo DiCaprio. He won mm-hmm. the Oscar for yep. anyway. So like now he's like a gay teen in this like gay conversion Amazing. movie. I'm super duper excited to see. Wow, him. I haven't Can't even wait. heard of that. I really wanted to talk about the gay scene in the Lord of the Rings where all the hobbits are jumping up and down on the bed, but we don't have time. We don't uh, have time. Fro- yeah, Frodo and Sam are gay for each other. And gay. I've got that feeling like I'm full, but I could fit one more thing inside me. Dennis knows how I feel. So for our dessert today, Fran's got a suggestion for us. Okay. You know what? Y'all probably are familiar with the thing that we are talking about. But if you are not, you are in for a treat. There is a video online of Beyonce, the one and only, on the On The Run tour, going out in the middle of the concert in a full wedding dress and singing a rendition of Resentment, which is kind of a, has the dreaded term on this show, a vintage Beyonce song. I was going to say, you're going to have to catch me up to speed because I'm not that familiar with a um, pre-visual album Beyonce. (laughs) This was two years before um, Lemonade, before she came forward very explicitly, but not explicitly about the fact that Jay-Z was cheating on her. 
Um, she came out in a full wedding dress and sang Resentment, which is a song that is entirely about cheating, entirely about mistrust of your partner. And she went out there and in she... In a wedding dress. In a wedding dress. Ugh. And she welled up. She got extremely emotional. She started crying. And she, the biggest twist, changes the lyrics of the song multiple times so that instead of saying for six long years, she changes it so that it's for 12 years, which is the exact amount of time that her and Jay-Z had been together at that time. Mm -hmm. And instead of saying, she ain't had half of me, she said, that bitch will never be me. And like screams it. And then also, I mean, the best part is that she's, there's a part where she says, I knew she was attractive, but I was here first. And instead she goes, I knew she was attractive, but, and then she. I know she was attractive, but. Pointed herself. She just pointed herself. She's like, fucking look at me. I'm Beyonce. I am. Everyone, everyone in the crowd loses it. And like, this is kind of old news to us because like we all knew that Jay Z was cheating, but like this was like a very public acknowledgement that still felt small, and it only for the fans. It was so important. I feel like if you are dating a Virgo, oh, you need true. to you need to learn right now. Yeah. Do not cheat on a Virgo oh, because God. because they will not leave you, but they will make you oh they will so, never so 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 and this is the classic Virgo Virgo Sag thing where he like wants to go and travel and dabble and she is like we are making the perfect life everything is at a right angle all of the orchids are white and we have the perfect family and yeah. he fucked it up and then she was like you will pay <laughs> you will pay yes. and publicly and he and the and best he part did. and you know what actually the best part is that he just had to be silent about yeah. it like yep. you just got to take yes. that and she's like i'm gonna go on stage in a wedding dress and you're gonna fucking take it yeah that's like literally what she did and like you know what the public like there was public outcry and there was uh, by public outcry i mean it was a lot of like headlines on gossip Sites, but like all she did was like responded by putting a photo on their website of like them going to see Care Walker's Sugar Baby, and that was it. They didn't have to see anything else. They were just like they were just like yeah, business <laughs> as usual. Yeah. So yeah. and just that that the, like that that was on the run tour, mm-hmm. right? So he's sweating it backstage. Yeah, <laughs> he's there. He knows what's happening. Yeah, and she's like, this is the condition on which. I will let you come back to me. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. And that's another, there's another beautiful thing about the inacknowledgement of it in that it's like, just because I make art out of my business doesn't mean it's your business. Yes. You know? She tells that line better than anyone else. Oh, she really does. It's absolutely And, and she really, she can, she can give you all of the details without actually giving you what you want. Without mm. actually, you know, giving you the gossip headline or dishing or talking shit on camera. She, she is, never does that. Right. Yeah. And, and like that it is completely through her art. I mean, like yes. as a person, like she's just, she doesn't do interviews, right? Because yeah. she's just like, I said what I right. had to say. Yeah. 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 Now you're going to talk about it. I don't need yeah. to be there to talk about it because I said what I it's had like to say. It's like Virgos mm. take their heartbreak yeah. and turn it into perfect art. That's it. True. That's it. Yeah. True. Ugh. Yeah. No. It's a, it's, well, today was the first time I saw that video actually in preparation. Oh my gosh, you're so lucky. You're so lucky. Dennis being the dentist of the conversation. I was not familiar. And I was just like sitting in my office and I just like stopped breathing. I put down my coffee, which I never do. (laughs) And I was just like, oh my God, what is happening? This is, and then I was like, this is like, like the holy shit. Like I thought lemonade was that. Mm. And I like didn't know that this existed. Mm-hmm. And so when I saw it, it was just completely transformative. And one of the things that I'm, I admire the most about Beyonce is the way in which she is transparent and intimate in her art without, without like giving you more than what she wants to give you. Mm-hmm. Like without allowing 
anyone to be invasive. It is like I just hella respect for that. Yeah, she's in control. She's, she's in, control. in control. This is Beyonce's world, and we're just living in it. God Thank bless. God. This episode of Food for Thought is made possible by the generous, unequivocal support of Rosé and our partnership with Into, a digital magazine for queer news and culture. What are you into? Mm. Head to intomore.com each week for a special little love letter from the thoughts. Our engineer is Alex Mead Fox at Spaceman Sound Studios, and our producer is the original player from the Himalayas, Alexandra De Palma. <laughs> <Every> <laughs> <time>. <laughs> I'm Tommy Pico. You can find me at HeyTeebs, H E Y T E E. BS on all relevant social Heavy media. BS. <laughs> I'm Fran. You can find me at Fran Squish Co on Instagram and Twitter and Venmo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Joseph Osmondson. You can find me at www.josephosmondson.com. And I am Dennis Norris II. And you can find me on Twitter at the Earl Denden, T H E E A R L D N D N. And I have a chapbook out, which you can find at Ost Press, A W S T. Congratulations, D. Thank you. You can listen to Food for Thought on Apple Podcasts or wherever you download golden audio goodness. Subscribe, rate, and review us five stars on iTunes and support the continuing thoughtocracy. Yes. Find us on Twitter and Facebook as Food for Thought Pod and on Instagram as Gay Sluts Who Read. Sign up for our newsletter for episode insights, reading lists, and uh, extra delectable content. Fran hates that so much. <laughs> I'm fine, so much. I'm fine. At com, And finally, send your questions, thoughts, concerns, and dick pics to thoughts at foodforthoughtpodcast.com. As always, that's food, the number four, and thoughts spelled how? T-H-O-T. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 